This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I am Sam Sachs. I am Sam Knight. We are broadcasting out of Lonnie's Discount Muffler and Ribs Studio in Pistown, Washington, D.C. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. Don't let the studio name fool you. We unfortunately do not have any ribs for sale here. Less unfortunately, we don't have any mufflers either. But you too can name the studio whatever you'd like by subscribing on Patreon and forking over a generous monthly contribution to us, like Steven did, who has studio naming rights for the rest of the month. We're actually probably going to extend that into the first week of January, too, because uh, we're not going to be recording between Christmas and New Year's, as is usually our custom. Yeah, honestly, I like the name right now as it is, so we might just keep it going indefinitely (laughs) until someone steps up with a new generous contribution to have the naming rights of the studio. And, in fact, Stephen already thought of a second name that will... We'll probably debut it for next week's shows, a new studio name. Still within the Street Fight Radio universe, though. Do you feel that? That creeping sensation of hope, of optimism? Are we talking about the uh, UK elections? (laughs) Or is it delusion? We're going to find out, but I see you've been on Twitter making predictions again, (laughs) which might have been the kiss of death for Jeremy Corbyn and the Labour Party. I well, it wasn't so much a prediction as a possibility, but I did reserve the right to delete the tweet. Anyway, the point is, we're gonna know soon, Thursday. Probably not by tomorrow. recording time though. Even though they are, we might know a little bit by recording time. Actually, probably be, not. The exit polls first come at five o'clock Eastern time, and uh, yeah, we're be. usually done at that point. And I know I will be glued to a TV somewhere, tweeting, uh, preparing for the worst, but hoping for the best, and uh, increasingly deluding myself into the possibility that we're going to end the night with what looks like a labor minority government that's going to be propped up uh, by the the S&P in Scotland. And I don't know. I mean, Boris Johnson was hiding in a fridge this morning, <laughs> trying to avoid Pierce Morgan. Every every time I wake up and log on to what is ostensibly British Twitter that morning, because I get up pretty early and log on, uh, it's a new Boris Johnson antic. I, I, I just like to say that people who are confident about winning elections don't hide in refrigerators. No, no, that is a good sign. All right, it's Wednesday, December 12th, 2019. Here's the news. A lawsuit over President Trump's self-dealing is set to take one step closer to the Supreme Court. The Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals in Richmond is hearing arguments tomorrow in an emoluments case involving the Trump Hotel here in D.C. The suit was brought by the attorneys general of D.C. and Maryland, who alleged Trump is using his office to unfairly get customers at his hotel which he very plainly is. A three-judge panel from the circuit already ruled in favor of the president in July. The case is now before the entire Fourth Circuit. It's highly unlikely the circuit will rule against the president. Most of the judges on the circuit are conservative. The three-judge panel that already sided with the president was made up entirely of conservatives. 
Their ruling reads like it was written by a bow-tied dipshit college Republican contrarian, George H.W. Bush appointee Paul Niemeyer. So it probably was. <laughs> Paul Niemeyer said, quote, certain government officials might avoid patronizing the hotel because of the president's association with it. This assumes the government just sort of wields no power at all. It's incredibly vapid. Also, just because people might decide to not go to Trump's hotel because they hate Trump doesn't negate the fact that people are going to Trump's hotel to curry favor with him in violation of the emoluments clause. Right. I mean, doesn't matter how many. It's not a it's not a wash. It's not it's not a balance sheet here. And and something we said on the show, uh, a a classic example of this, although it doesn't involve uh, foreign government, but it involves the T-Mobile dipshit CEO, John Legere, which is he was seen at Trump's hotel while he was trying to get approval for the merger between T-Mobile and Sprint, something that involves the Justice Department and the FCC. And a few years beforehand, he was caught on Twitter tweeting about how bad Trump's hotels were. <laughs> so I don't know. Did the hotel just improve suddenly in the past few years? What what possibly could have changed here? No matter what happens at the Fourth Circuit, there's a chance this could go to the Supreme Court. As Courthouse News noted, there are emoluments cases in other appellate circuits, too. The Supreme Court hates the so-called split circuit phenomenon when you have uh, mixed messages from the appellate circuits. Mustn't split the circuits. <laughs> also, only four Supreme Court justices are needed to grant hearings on cases, meaning all four liberal justices on the court could force the body to rule on the matter. You'd think so, although and, they but, uh, shirked their responsibility earlier this week, as we reported uh, with the uh, anti-abortion law review. Well, they they also might be correctly afraid that uh, if they were to do this, that all the conservative justices would just get together and be like, you know what, this is fine. Uh, but yeah. if, if they wanted to do that, they could do that anyway, Yeah, because obviously they have five votes on the court. Moving on, as early as this week, the House and Senate are likely to pass this year's National Defense Authorization Act, legislation that sets funding and policies for the Pentagon. The House, in fact, is scheduled to vote on the bill today. As of recording, this vote has not yet taken place. And despite controlling one of two branches of the legislature, Democrats failed to keep many of their priorities in the NDAA during closed-door negotiations with Republicans. Earlier this year, the Democratic-controlled House passed its own version of the NDAA, and the Republican-controlled Senate passed their own version. And despite the fact that both parties often agree on issues of war and empire building, I mean, they did agree on the top-line figure, $735 billion, a $22 billion increase from last year, because, of course, there were, though, some stark differences between the two bills. But during a conference committee in which those differences are supposed to be reconciled into one bill, it was the House pass bill that suffered the most. Here's the list of things that were included in that legislation but were stripped out during negotiations with Republicans. A prohibition on sending new detainees to Guantanamo, a prohibition on new offensive operations in the Saudi-led war in Yemen, a requirement that Congress approve any military actions against Iran, 
the reversal of Trump's transgender military ban, a requirement that the Defense Department do something about hazardous chemicals on military bases, and measures to block the president from reprogramming defense funds to build his freaking southern border wall. This one uh, is my favorite capitulation because it harkens back to something we were reporting on on the show back in September when Senator Dick Durbin talked a lot about adding a provision into the Senate bill that would prohibit Trump from using defense funds to build his wall. You remember this? We played clips of Durbin in committee talking about how pained he would be if he had to derail the Senate bill over this issue, and he hoped Republican leadership would work with him to get this measure into the bill. So Durbin declined to offer an amendment during a subcommittee markup, declined to offer an amendment during a full committee markup, failed to get his amendment added when the bill was considered before the full Senate, and now it appears as though Durbin couldn't get the provision in the final bill despite the House passed bill including it. Great, great, Dick Durbin. I hope it was worth it to, for it to not be awkward in the Senate elevator as you're with your fucking uh, incredibly dipshitted reactionary colleagues who... Yeah. Who just are fucking tur- t- everything they touch turns to shit and darkness. <laughs> well said. Uh, total defeat here for Democrats, and some are actually admitting it. House Democrat Mark Pocan announced he would now oppose the legislation, saying, "Quote: At the same time that this administration has cut food stamps, Medicaid, and reproductive health services for everyday Americans, this president wants to add more than a hundred billion dollars to continue endless and unauthorized wars." ban transgender troops, keep Guantanamo Bay open, allow the unchecked contamination of water supplies with PFAs, and establish a space force. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention the NDA does give Trump a major priority, the establishment of his space force. (laughs) Democrats did manage to secure one priority in the final bill, a new guarantee of 12 weeks of paid parental leave for all federal civilian employees, which is good. But That's it, really. That's all Democrats got. And some Democrats think they did the best they could do. I just love this bit from Roll Call's report on the story. It's a quote from Adam Smith, Democrat, chair of the House Armed Services Committee, one of the lead Democratic negotiations, one of the lead Democratic negotiators during the conference committee. He was giving a speech at the ultra right wing American Enterprise Institute. What are you doing there, Adam? He had this to say about the negotiation process, quote, I've been told consistently over the course of the last two or three months that I just I have to negotiate harder. I was like, can I do that? How does that work exactly? Can you spell that out to me? Do I like hold my breath? Do I like physically attack? They are where they are. Okay, And, you know, you have to respect that. God, dude. End quote. You have to respect that. Just have to respect it. You just have to respect just that. Just have to, you have to hand it to them. Anyways, we wonder. I'm hearing you actually do not have to hand it to them. <laughs> we wonder why Democrats lose all the time. Just check out Adam Smith's speech to the American Enterprise Institute this week. It's, it's pretty easy to have no idea how to negotiate uh, for anything when you don't believe in anything. True. Democrats, baby. Back to border militarization, the Pentagon Inspector General announced it will examine anti-immigration operations ordered by President Trump. The top Defense Department watchdog announced the probe, which dozens of Democratic lawmakers had been calling for. The Washington Post cited a letter from Inspector General Glenn Fine to Arizona House Democrat Raul Grijalva, 
Fine noted officials had considered Democrats' request and, quote, other factors. The letter from Fine to military leaders announcing the probe gives some clues to what these other factors might be. Bullet point two of four states investigators will be looking into, quote, the training provided to U.S. military personnel, including training on potential contacts with civilians. The inspector general will also be investigating the actual use of U.S. military personnel in support of security operations, reading straight from the letter there. The IG is also looking at coordination with the Department of Homeland Security, also how funds are being used to carry out the ongoing operation. I don't know if there's a Trump golf course anywhere in Texas, maybe, that uh, was used as a staging operation uh, planning area. I would not be surprised one bit. Despite what the uh, country club dipshits on the Fourth Circuit have to say about the matter, it seems like the most potential for scandal in this investigation will be in the training regimen. Perhaps the work of Sentinel friend Ken Klippenstein will make an appearance. Ken reported last month that operations produced threat assessments that included, quote, anti-border wall extremists. Count me... In a month. <laughs> we we wish group. we wish these were these were actual threats. Finally, Department of Justice Inspector General Michael Horowitz testified before the Senate Judiciary Committee today about his office's oversight report of the investigation into the Trump campaign. If you've been watching MSNBC, then the IG report was the nail in the coffin for Trump conspiracies about a deep state coup. The report should put an end to the QAnon conspiracy, and people like James Comey and Andrew McCabe weren't secretly trying to remove the president. But if you've been watching Fox News or Trump's Twitter stream, then the report confirmed a deep state conspiracy and political operatives within the FBI trying to take out the administration. During today's hearing, we got to hear not from MSNBC or Fox News, but from Michael Horowitz himself. And here he was offering the main takeaways from the report into the Trump counterintelligence investigation. First, it was opened with the proper predicate, sufficient predication by a person, Mr. Priestab, who was not one of the text message persons and senior to those people. Third, that this, the confidential human source operations, while permitted by FBI policy, should cause everybody to give pause as to whether that policy is sufficient to uh, provide accountability over decisions. And finally, that the FISA process here was not used appropriately, properly, and the rules were not followed. First, third, and finally, <laughs> there from Mr. Horowitz. So no deep state coup. No political bias, no verification of the QAnon conspiracy theory, but Horowitz found serious FISA problems and abuses. FISA referring to the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, which created a secret FISA court that handles sensitive surveillance requests. In particular, the IG found 17 violations with how the FBI handled its FISA warrant with regard to Trump campaign staffer Carter Page. This is big to me because I've been saying that Carter Page was innocent for like years I mean, he is guilty of being a Trump-supporting right-wing idiot, but he wasn't a Russian spy, as most liberal media outlets and pundits depicted him. Basically, FBI agents misrepresented facts and made omissions in its warrant application process, making the case against Carter Page look stronger than it really was. This is a serious issue, but it's one that we've known about for a long time, long before Carter Page came on the scene. 
Edward Snowden back in 2013 told us all about FISA abuses, how the system is ripe for exploitation. That kicked off a push to reform surveillance authorities, which mostly came up short due to sustained opposition to them by NSA-friendly lawmakers like Lindsey Graham. Instead, all that came out of the reform push was the USA Freedom Act, which left FISA mostly intact but changed the NSA's call records program. Well, fast forward to today, and Lindsey Graham has completely changed his tune on FISA. So if you're wondering how to get surveillance hawks on board with reforming spy authorities, it's easy. Just have it revealed that their political allies may have been victims of FISA abuse. In 2017, Lindsey Graham introduced legislation to make FISA authorities permanent. He was such an ardent defender of the program back then. Well, here he was today. I'm a pretty hawkish guy. But if the court doesn't take corrective action and do something about being manipulated and lied to, you will lose my support. (laughs) I know a lot about what's going on out there to hurt us. And they're real threats. And they're real agents. And they're really bad actors out there. I'd hate to lose the ability of the FISA court to operate at a time probably when we need it the most. But after your report, I have serious concerns about whether the FISA court can continue unless there's fundamental reform. After your report, I think we need to rewrite the rules of how you start a counterintelligence investigation and the checks and balances that we need. That is a complete 180 from Lindsey Graham, (laughs) who has finally realized what so many of us have long realized. Edward Snowden was right. FISA should be scrapped. And that music means the newscast is over, and it's time to read some poetry for our new subscribers over at patreon.com slash district sentinel five bucks a month you get access to all the bonus content plus your own haiku written for you and read on the air this first one is for mitch he chugs with a twirl and he breaks bricks with a smile a hero pongzai thank you mitch thank you pongzai too yes for all the content all the content Finally, this is for Benjamin. What stands between us and the permanent darkness? RBG hip bones. Thank you, Benjamin. And thanks to all the new subscribers. Again, that's patreon.com slash district sentinel. Just to be clear, in a pure accelerationist point of view, maybe that's the best thing that can happen. Maybe. I'm an accelerationist at times myself. That'll do it for the show today. Call the rant line 202-684-6108. Leave a message. We will play it on air. We are back tomorrow. We're here in D.C. so you don't have to be.